Have you ever been embarrassed? One of the worst feelings in the world for me is to be embarrassed. And one particular situation for me happened back in March of 2005. I was the children's ministry director here at Jacobswell at that time. And myself and several of our volunteer leaders were going to Willow Creek Church in Chicago for a children's ministry conference. And so on the way, we stopped in Black River Falls, and we thought it would be really fun to take our picture in front of that big orange moose. Have you all seen that? You know what I'm talking about? Well, there was four of us, and Lisa Dettinger, for those of you who know her, she's like, oh, we have to find someone to take our picture so we can all be in this photo. And so not far from our vehicle, there was a bus. And it was sitting in the parking lot, and it was idling in the parking lot, and there was a driver in the seat. So Lisa said, I'm going to go get the bus driver, and then he can take our picture. So I was like, okay. So we walk over there, and Lisa starts knocking on the door of the bus. But the bus driver just kept staring straight. She's like, well, he must not be able to hear me. So she starts knocking louder. And then pretty soon she starts shouting, hey, bus driver, hey, hey, will you come out and take our picture? And she keeps yelling and knocking on the bus door. And she just keeps trying harder and harder to get his attention. And he just kept staring ahead. Then all of a sudden he kind of looks and he opens the door about a centimeter wide and he yells at us, Ladies, get away from this bus. This bus is a busload of prisoners. And I was like, <laughs> and all I could think of was, oh my goodness, I have these ladies on a church trip, and they probably think that we're trying to create a distraction and trying to let some of these prisoners on the bus escape, and we're going to get arrested. And all this stuff is running through my head, and I was so embarrassed. I just wanted to die. So we went, and we took our picture, which you can see up here, but of course, not all of us could be in the picture. So we got the picture, and then I just wanted to get back in the car and just hide. I was so embarrassed. Have you ever seen those Southwest Airline commercials? You know, the one where they have like a crazy situation and then they say, want to get away? Yeah, that was exactly how I felt. (laughs) I just wanted to get back in our vehicle and just hide my head. I was so embarrassed. I have the tendency to want to hide just like I did that day when I was so embarrassed. The truth is I struggle with anxiety and fear. And so many times, more than I want to admit, actually, I fight the urge to hide, and I fight the tendency to play it safe rather than risk being vulnerable and stepping out. I fight the desire to be selfish and the desire to isolate myself from the world. This mentality that I struggle with, it's the mentality of an owner. And in Live It Well, we are discovering what it means to live as owner of our lives, and what it means to live with God as owner of our lives. If we are owners of our lives, then we will live for ourselves, and our lives will be all about us. But if we live with God as owner, we live for his purposes, and we live for something bigger than ourselves. Listen to the words that describe an owner. Consumer, control, pressure, anxiety, fear, selfishness, meaninglessness, plays it safe 
protect self, isolation, an us-me-versus-them mentality. God is distant, and we live for stuff and toys. The truth is, without God, an owner mindset is all we have. It is who we are. And we see indications of owner characteristic traits all over our world. So many examples come to mind of an us-me versus them mentality, of consumerism, of leaders leading out of power and control instead of what is best for the people they lead. Think of how many people in our world struggle with anxiety and how many people struggle with meaninglessness. Suicide rates are up in our students, and so many people feel hopeless and lost. Opioid addiction has reached epidemic proportions as people try to escape from the burdens of life. Living as an owner makes your life all about you, and because your life is all about you, it puts the weight of the world on your shoulders. Sometimes the circumstances in our life work to put the weight of the world on our shoulders. And our situations can create a need to survive. And we become owners out of necessity. As we learn about the perspective of an owner versus the perspective of a steward, we can look at these traits that we had up on the screen. And as followers of Christ, if we're experiencing them, we can feel guilty and ashamed. We're going to learn from Esther how an owner mindset can happen through our circumstances. And if this has been true for you, know this has been true for me too. Wherever we are in our journey, we're going to learn how to move from an owner to a steward, from a place of letting go and trusting God with our lives. Before we look deeply at what happened in Esther, let's think about all we've been learning in this series. In the first week of Esther, we learned to watch for the one not mentioned. We saw that even though God himself is never mentioned in the book of Esther, he is in control over all that happens in the lives of Esther and Mordecai, and he is in control over all that happens in our lives too. In week two of this series, we studied the king. And the king lived as an owner. He expected to be served. And he believed that what he owned entitled him to what he wanted and when he wanted it. And all he thought about was his possessions and power and privilege. And he believed that those are what made him great. And we saw how this lifestyle wreaked havoc in not only his life, but in the lives of every single person in his kingdom. In week three of this series, we learn God is behind all the seemingly insignificant coincidences throughout the story of Esther, as well as throughout our own stories. When we live as stewards, we begin to see how God is the God of coincidence. Seemingly random pieces of our life begin to make sense as we trust God and we look to him for direction and clarity and guidance. And last week, we learned about Mordecai. And Mordecai understood the difference between an owner and a steward. And today, we are going to see how Mordecai is instrumental in Esther seeing this in her life as well. 
Imagine the time of Esther. Envisioned her as an orphan with Mordecai. Picture her. Picture her life as a woman, a woman brought into the harem of the king because of the edict he declared. Esther would not have had a choice to be brought into the harem. She would have been forced. And it made all the sense in the world to Esther for her to have that owner mindset. Because the times were as they were, Esther had to play it safe. She had to protect herself. The circumstances that she lived created the mindset of an owner because she had to look out for herself. As an orphan and a woman, her situation set her up with the need to survive rather than thrive. She did not have a choice. Each day she had to fight her way through so that she could survive her circumstances. And she could live from being an orphan, a captive as a Jew, a captive in the harem, as well as a woman in her society. Esther's life was one of survival. One of the ways we see Esther trying to survive is when Esther enters the harem. Mordecai tells her to keep her identity a secret. In the harem and as queen, Esther had to hide her Jewish identity. It was one of the ways that she protected herself. The Jews had been taken captive, and they were in a place that was not their home. They were despised. They were looked down upon. They were not treated well. And Esther protected herself by staying silent and not telling anyone in the harem or in the palace that she was Jewish. Her nationality and her identity with her people had to stay hidden. Esther had to do all she could to blend in and follow what was expected of her in the harem and in the palace. I think each of us can be tempted to hide our identity, to hide the uniqueness of our story and who we are. We can be fearful to let people know about our past, about the sins that we struggle with, and with the brokenness that God is walking us through and has walked us through. We might feel embarrassed, like we talked about at the start of the message. Embarrassment is a horrible feeling, and it can keep us quiet about who we are. We can set up walls around our heart to protect ourselves, and we can live guarded and without trust. Sometimes as owners, we even create a new identity, and then we live trying to protect that identity rather than living as stewards and living out our true identity as children of God. This is what happens if our lives are all about us instead of understanding God as owner. In Esther, Haman lived as an owner. And we're going to learn more about Haman next week, but we need to understand what happens with him so that we can understand what's going to happen to Esther. So let's see what Haman does. If we look in chapter 3 of Esther, we see him manipulate the king. We see him talk the king into issuing a decree to destroy, kill, and annihilate all the Jews, young and old, women and children, in one day. And Mordecai hears the news about what Haman has done, 
and he covers himself with sackcloth and ashes, and he mourns and he weeps loudly in the streets. Esther has no idea what's going on. So she becomes deeply distressed by Mordecai's behavior. And Esther calls for one of the king's eunuchs, and she orders him to go out to Mordecai and learn what was going on. Why was he so distressed? In chapter 4 of Esther, in verses 6 through 9, we learn the king's eunuch went out to Mordecai. And Mordecai told the eunuch all that had happened. And Mordecai gave him a copy of the written decree. And Mordecai tells the eunuch to tell Esther she must go before the king to beg his favor and to plead with him to save the Jews. Let's take a minute and let's think about this. As the eunuch brings the news to Esther, imagine how she must have felt. She has lived her life trying to survive her circumstances and she's become queen and she must have believed with all of her heart I am safe. Finally, I have made it to a place where I don't have to try and survive anymore. And then all of a sudden, in an instant, everything changes. And we can imagine her thinking to herself, what is going on, God? As queen, I am finally safe. Now you're telling me to risk the safety that I have? Why? It could be today that you're here and you've been through a lot. And it could be it was all you could do to get to church here this weekend. I just want you to know, I'm so glad you're here. And our church community is so glad you're here. Sometimes it takes more courage than we can fathom to take a step and to move toward a life with God to take a step out of our self-protection and move toward a life of following Christ. What I want you to know today is that behind the scenes, God has been at work to get you to this place. Might not feel like it, but he works through every bit of our story. And we see this in Esther, and we see how in her self-protection, God was teaching Esther to be brave. She needed to be brave for what was about to happen. Maybe you need to be brave for what God is asking of you. God was with Esther all along, and God has been with you all along. And he brought Esther to the place that she was, and he brought you here to the place you are today. Esther hears Mordecai's words, and immediately she understands what Mordecai is asking her. He is asking her to put her life at risk. And in verse 11, she responds, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to the king for these 30 days. Esther knew that if she went before the king without being called, she could be executed. If the king did not hold out his golden scepter, then she would be killed. And Esther needed to be brave, and God prepared her 
for what Mordecai is about to say to her through the eunuch. Because Mordecai lives with the mindset of a steward, he challenges Esther with the opportunity before her. He challenges her to think as a steward rather than as an owner. In chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, Mordecai replies to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In this moment, Esther has a choice, and she can choose to ignore the plight of her people, protecting herself and not risking her life by going before the king, or she can choose to be brave. And she can put her life at risk in order to save her people from genocide. Esther has a choice to live for herself or to live for something bigger than herself. As she stands in that moment, she realizes she's not the owner of her life. She realizes her life is not just about her. And she tells Mordecai in chapter 4, verse 16, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I, my young women, will also fast as you do. And then I will go to the king. And though it is against the law, if I perish, I perish. Listen to those words again. If I perish, I perish. Esther has lived a life of survival, and at this point, Esther could have played it safe. She could have decided not to risk her life by going before the king. She could have hidden her room, and she could have let the rest of what happened play out without her. And this would be completely understandable. She's been through so much, but she does not let this lead her. Instead, she's brave. And she asked the Jews in the kingdom to fast on her behalf. And instead of protecting her life, she lays down her life for God's purposes. And she steps out in faith and she risks her life. And because she does, God works through her to save the Jewish people and the kingdom from genocide. Esther's life was meant for something bigger than herself. And in this moment, she moves from an owner perspective to God being owner of her life. Your life is meant for something bigger than yourself. And you may be here today and you may be saying to yourself, Laura, you don't understand. I am barely hanging on. My life is a mess. What in the world could God do through my life? First of all, I just want you to know it's courageous that you're here. And second of all, it takes a lot to survive and get through our circumstances, our poor choices, our struggles, life's difficulties. Give yourself grace. Give yourself permission to be where you are in your journey. Let go of being an owner and look to God for his next steps for you. 
I told you that I struggle with anxiety and fear. I told you that it's part of my story. I told you about the picture in front of the big orange moose. And I told you how embarrassed I was when we were knocking on the door of that bus. But what I didn't tell you was how embarrassed I was by my life at that time that picture was taken. Our marriage was a complete disaster. Our finances were an absolute mess. I was experiencing depression, I was having anxiety attacks, and I had thoughts of suicide. God brought me to Jacob's well, and he put me in a safe place to heal. He knew I needed to heal from my own life of surviving, a life of surviving a mom who left when I was really young, and a dad who showed no interest in my life. When I finally stopped hiding all that had gone on in my past and all that was going on in my present, God began to work in all of the mess. And God is working in my life to bring healing. And the things that I have survived are becoming places God is at work through me to help others. When we live a life of survival, we survive. And then we risk our survival by standing up, and being truthful so that God can work to bring healing to our life and through our life. God will work through the pain of our past. He will bring healing and he can bring healing to others through us because we're willing to lay our life down for someone else. Esther's life became a gift for the Jewish people. And she risked her life to go before the king. And then she continued taking risk after risk after risk so that the Jews in Susa and the whole kingdom would be saved. Esther had a specific moment in her life when she had a choice to stop living as an owner. But more often than not for us, it's going to be step after step after step after step moving toward a life of stewardship. With Jesus as our example. But we have to take a step. Without moving forward a step at a time, we will stay as owners. And we will miss the life of stewardship that God is calling us to. We will miss the blessing of experiencing him and the peace of trusting him with our lives. A steward lives with a servant mindset. A steward lives in the freedom of knowing that God is in control. A steward trusts God with his or her life, and as they trust God, he gives them peace and joy. A steward lives a life of service and a life of meaning. A steward takes steps of faith, risk. A steward has awareness to the community around them, and their eyes move off of themselves And on to God. And they experience God and they leave a life of legacy behind. Our church is about to experience something in which God gives every single one of us an opportunity to take a step towards stewardship. You have been hearing about Builders for Christ. Builders for Christ is an incredible example of stewardship, of people living life as stewards. On May 21st, starting that week, 
groups of people from all around the United States are going to come here to help us build our building. They will be paying for their own hotels, their own food, their own travel. They'll be giving up a week of their own vacation. And they do that to come and to serve God. Builds for Christ will not be able to raise our new addition, our new auditorium, without us. We will need 15 to 30 people a week from our church to be able to take a week of vacation and come and serve right alongside of them. Maybe you haven't signed up for a week for the summer because you feel like you're going to have to know a lot about construction. And I just want to promise you, you don't have to know construction. And the reason that I know that is because I've been here with the other builds and I laid tile and I did all kinds of crazy things that I never thought I would be able to do because the Builders for Christ volunteers, they teach you. All you need is a willing heart to come and serve. And if you can't take a week this summer, Take an evening, come and clean the kitchen or clean the construction site or help with security. Take a step from an owner to a steward. You do not want to miss out on everything that God is going to do this summer. But don't just wait for the summer. Think about what God is already doing here at his church, Jacob Swell. If you are not involved in the commitment of serve, I would love to talk with you. I would love to help you find your place in service in our church or in our community. Serve helps move us from owners to stewards. It's a step. In this series, we have had the blessing of hearing many stories of how God is at work in the lives of people right here at Jacob's Well who are moving from owners to stewards. Today, I want to introduce you to Angie. Angie was tempted to hide her identity, and she was tempted to hide her story. Instead, though, she stepped out in faith, and she stepped into serving in our community. Let's take a few minutes to hear Angie's story. I'm Angie. My husband and I moved here about three years ago from Marshfield, Wisconsin. We pretty much left behind everything we knew and started over. After starting at Jacob's Well or attending here, I found out about Apple Pregnancy Center. And just hearing about Apple Pregnancy Center, I just thought, you know, I want to do that. It really seemed to fit something that I've been, had been thinking about trying to volunteer in for a while. And it just really seemed to fit with what he was kind of steering me towards. I decided to follow God's leading that, hey, this is a place you could tell that story of yours. That story is, you know, this um, perfectionist firstborn who grew up in church, attended Christian school, went on to become a pregnant senior in high school, and initially felt like, like my whole world was ruined. I was getting out of that small town. I got really great grades. I could have gone to any college, and I just felt that all collapse around me. I've experienced firsthand that a crisis pregnancy is not the end of your world. So that was the story that I could share at Apple, and I'm into my second year. I have a tendency to belittle the story of God working in my life. I would be fearful of telling people about that, and it started a long time ago, and initially I'm like, nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) 
Um, and it really scared me to think about talking about that kind of thing. Um, but eventually, I would start sharing that information, just trusting that, um, you know, according to God, I am good enough, and that my story can help someone else. The fear just kind of goes away as you step out and trust him and do what he asks you to do. He's providing for us. We're not hurting for anything. And he keeps teaching me daily that I'm worthy just the way I am. He asks us to trust him, even if it doesn't make sense according to the world. I found that he blesses me when I step out and do what he's called me to do. Live it well here. It's really, it's encouraging all of us to step out. It's definitely worth it. And he will provide everything needed to do whatever he's calling you to do. It's exciting to live it well. I'm excited by the purchase of the property and the expanding of the facility and maybe the opportunities I have there. Maybe he's got more in store for me, but I'll wait patiently and just live well right now. Angie was afraid to tell people that she became pregnant as a senior in high school. She felt ashamed by her past, and she just didn't see how God could work through her story. And Angie could have kept quiet. She could have protected herself as the owner of her life. Instead, though, she stepped out in faith, and she told the truth of her story, and she allowed God to lead her to serve and to care for other women and teenagers experiencing a crisis pregnancy. Angie moved from an owner to a steward. And she realized her life belongs to God, and she allowed him to work through her and through her story. Moving from an owner to a steward starts with a step like this. It starts when we put someone else's needs before our own. We realize our lives are not just about us. My life is not just about me, but my life is for God. And I was put on this earth for something bigger than myself. And this is what happened to Esther, and this is what happened to Angie, and this is what is happening to me too. If you let him, God will use the pain, the struggle, the hard, the difficult for something good. And only he can do that. What is your story? Are you afraid to be real about who you are? Are you afraid to talk about where you've come from and what you've struggled with? What we are learning in Esther is that God works through imperfect people. He works through our sin and the messiness of all of our lives. And by his grace, he works through ordinary, everyday people who choose to move from owners to stewards. He takes what we've walked through and he helps others who are walking through that same experience, the same difficulties that we've walked through. And he works through us to bring help and to bring healing. Angie took the pain of her past and she followed God on a path to help others, bringing hope and healing out of the difficult places. 
and this takes courage, but this is stewardship. We risk being vulnerable, and we step out in faith, trusting God. Maybe you have a similar story as Angie. Maybe you or your girlfriend or someone you know experienced an unplanned pregnancy, and like Angie, you saw them walk through the shame. You saw the toil that it had on their life. If you realize today that you would like to help people going through a crisis pregnancy, just like Angie does, Apple Pregnancy Care Center has a training session that's going to begin on March 5th. And if you're interested in doing that training and being able to serve people in this way, just go to their uh, website, and they would love to have you join them and love to have you care for people um, who are experiencing a crisis pregnancy. Maybe for you, you're in Celebrate Recovery, and the circumstances and the choices that you've made in your life moved you to a life of addiction. And maybe as you've surrendered that addiction to God over and over and over again every single day, He's working, and through Celebrate Recovery, he brought you here, and he put you around others who are also struggling with a life of addiction, and as God walks you through, it's not just about you surviving the addiction. It's about him also working in you to bring healing to you, and then to work through you to bring healing to others who are also struggling with a life of addiction. Maybe the circumstances in your life moved you to a place where you just got on the wrong side of the law. Maybe eventually your choices even landed you in a prison cell. If you spent time in jail, God will work to bring healing in your life, and he can also work through you to bring help to others. He might even have you mentor others in prison through the Good News Jail Ministry. Maybe you, you've lived through terrible financial difficulty and you experienced a time in your life when you just had no idea what you were going to do. You lived paycheck to paycheck. You had no idea what the next day was going to hold for you. And God led you here and through financial peace and through mentoring, you've learned how to live debt-free. Now that you're experiencing this freedom, God can work through you to bring healing to someone who is now in the place that you were then. It is easy to want to forget these broken pieces of our lives. And it would make sense that we would want to hide our struggles from the people around us. But God wants to work through us. He wants to work through us to help people experiencing the same struggle that we've walked through have healing. There are people here today who haven't yet had the courage to come forward and to ask for the help with the things that they're struggling with. When they do finally come out of hiding, those who've experienced that same struggle are the best ones, the best ones to come alongside and help. You survive, and then then if we can be brave like Esther, God will work through us to help others survive too. Take a look at our graphic. Over these first few weeks of the series, we have used this darker version of the Esther graphic 
Esther is standing on the edge of a cliff, needing to take a step of faith off the cliff and into God's hands. Today we are lightening that graphic as a reminder of what happens when we step out in faith and we begin to move from an owner to a steward. When we choose to move from owners to stewards, light comes in, hope comes in, and our lives begin to have purpose and meaning because we stop living for ourselves and we begin to live with God as owner of our life. Mordecai's words to Esther were, And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And maybe you are hearing this message for such a time as this. Maybe through the Holy Spirit, God is working in you, leading you to your next step. Don't ignore his leading. Talk to him. Tell him that you want to move from an owner to a steward. Tell him that wherever you are in your journey, you want to take a step. As we listen to this last song, spend some time in prayer. And if you want to pray with someone, walk down to our fireside room after the service. We have a prayer team there that's waiting to talk with you and to pray with you. And if you want to come out of hiding today, this would be an amazing first step. Walk down to the prayer room and talk to someone and begin to move on that journey of healing. If you realize that you live as an owner and you want to follow Jesus' example of service, mark your connection card. Or come and talk with me or talk with someone at the Connection Center. There are so many opportunities of service, and we want you to experience the God just who works through us. And it's such an amazing blessing to live as a steward and just to see him work through you. Sign up to serve now. You can sign up to serve this summer for BFC. And if you have questions about BFC and you want to talk to someone more about the building project, we have a table in the gathering area that you can go to. And you can ask specific questions about the building project. And you can also find the commitment cards that Paul talked about earlier in the announcements. And there's going to be someone from our staff there who's just willing to be there and talk with you and answer your questions. Maybe today you feel like God's calling you to step in to serve with our care ministry to sign up with Apple Pregnancy, or to sign up with one of our other share partners. And you can do that through going to our website and just clicking on share partners, and you can just scroll through there, look through our care ministry. Whatever it is that you feel like God is calling you to, take that step. Because wherever we are in our journey, we want to move from an owner mindset to the mindset of a steward. Oh, let's pray together as we close here tonight. Heavenly Father, show each of us what step you want us to take. Wherever we are in our journey, God, move us from the mindset of an owner to the mindset of a steward. For such a time as this, help us see our lives belong to you. Help us live Jesus' example. Father, it can only happen as we let you work in us. Help us surrender to your will. You love us so much, God, and it is by your love that each of us will be changed. 
We just pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen.